All right, well, good evening and thank you all for coming tonight. It's a pleasure to be here in, in Africa, in South Africa. My wife and I are enjoying our, our time here. My wife Beth is in the back too, so she can critique the, the, the speech and give me some improvements to make it be better. But I also welcome that from many of you. So are we good to go with this? All right. So um, when I sent the presentations to the, to the chapter leadership, both here and in, and in Pretoria, they both picked this, this golf-related one. I said it was more of a lighthearted presentation. So it's, it's not as serious as some of the other presentations I do, but I, I still hope that you'll get some, some good takeaways and some lessons learned how we can, how we can apply the game of golf to our, our role as systems engineers. So the, the, um, the quote that I saw that <clears throat> inspired me to write the, the pre, this particular paper and presentation was this quote from Bobby Jones, who's one of, the one of the greats in golf. And he said, competitive golf is played mainly on a five and a half inch course, the, the space between your ears, which means that it, it relates to a lot of thinking that goes on. The, the golf, game of golf, it does have some physical aspects. You do have to be able to hit the ball straight and fairly far, but you, know, you don't have to hit it that far if you can hit it straight consistently. But you do have to be able to think about what you're doing and be able to move on and, and move from hole to hole and move from shot to shot to make a good score in golf. So I thought, well, system engineering is also played on a five and a half inch course, primarily the space between your ears as well. So I thought, well, can we, can we relate these? So just to make sure that we're on the same page for um, golf, golf is a game where the object is to take this little ball and hit it in this little hole. And it's, it's fairly simple. If you can hit the ball straight and far, you can, get a, you can get a good score. Usually a round of golf has 18 holes. So nine, they call nine the front nine, and nine are the back nine. And most of them are what we call par four, where you're expected to make it in four shots. Some are par threes and some are par fives. The par threes are a little shorter. You're expected to make those in three, and the par fives are a little longer. You're supposed to take two shots to get to the green, and the, and, or three shots to get to the green, and then put in. So, so that's pretty straightforward. Um, what I mean by systems engineering is the system engineers, in, in my definition, are the technical leaders on the, on the projects. They work hand-in-hand -hand with project management to look at all the technical aspects to make sure that um, what needs to get done gets done, that the right balanced solution, holistically considered, with all the life cycle considerations, is delivered to effectively satisfy your stakeholders' needs and requirements. So, the approach that we're going to take for this presentation is to introduce some of the more interesting phrases that we use in golf. If, we're, if you're out there golfing, um, if you're a golfer, I'm sure you've used some of these phrases. Maybe some will be new to you, but I'll explain what they mean in terms of golf so that we understand the context in the game of golf. And then let's try to um, postulate and discuss how those phrases could be applied and adapted to systems engineering. So that's the approach that we're going to take for this. If there's any comments or questions, feel free to, to um, interrupt at any time. So the first one that we're going to talk about is called keep your head down and follow through. When you, if you ever go take a golf lesson, you're gonna, you're gonna, they're going to take out a driver like this. Hopefully not this big. This is a big driver. This is a big one. All right. So, and what you do is you're supposed to keep your head down and look at the ball 
and actually follow through all the way through with your swing. That gives you the best chance of hitting the ball straight and hitting the ball far. Um, you can see that there's, there's different types of, you know, when, when you go through, there's, there's the backswing, the actual hit, and then the follow through. I like this quote here too, if I only kept my eye on the ball looking downward as does the pro there, I might not see where, where it was going at all, but there might actually be a chance it would go there. A lot of times as golfers, we like to, you know, instead of looking at the ball, we want to hit it over there, so we raise our head and we look where we think it's going to go, but then we don't hit the ball squarely and it goes, it goes in a different, a different direction and we don't, we don't really get the desired effect. So if we think about that phrase, keep your head down and follow through, how can we relate that to systems engineering? I think there's, there's two pieces of this. The head down piece, I believe, as systems engineering as the technical leaders on projects, we need to keep focused on the objective. There are different objectives for different types of projects, correct? Some of them might be where you're a technological leader and your goal is to be first to market. That could be your objective. In that case, you've got to focus on that schedule. You've got to focus on the technology that's there, managing that, managing the risks to get that, hit that market window. In some cases, it might be you're actually willing to invest in this phase to win a follow-on business. So your job is to be very intimate with your customer and you need to understand what their needs are and you need to give them a solution that will get you follow-on business. In some cases, you might be in a situation where you're going to produce thousands of the systems that you're designing and your job is to really come in with a cost-effective, very manufacturable solution. Those all are very different objectives, and as technical leaders, you have to approach them differently. So you, as the system engineer, need to keep the team focused on the objectives that you're working on, and you need to avoid the inevitable distractions that come in to keep the team focused on what you're trying to accomplish. So that's, I think that relates to keeping your head down. Following through means minding the details. You need to make sure that Every piece of systems engineering is important and you need to make sure that the details are being tended to so that you get the, the necessary system or product or service that your project is responsible for out the door. So we need to make sure that we do both keep our head down and follow through in terms of, as the system engineering leaders, making sure the right thing gets done at the right time for the right reasons. The next one we'll talk about is there's different types of clubs where I'm going to I should have maybe introduced this at the beginning. The, the team here was kind enough to get me the three major kinds. One is called a, a wood, and this one, big one is particularly called a driver. They, used to, they call them still woods, even though like this one is clearly made out of metal, but they still call them woods because they were made out of wood at one time. This is, the, this is the, the club that you use typically off the tee box to hit the ball long and straight. So this is the driver. Then you usually shift to irons, and there's usually... Um, at least you can, you know, there's, there's clubs that go from one iron, which are pretty much straight, to all the way to a, you know, a sand wedge or a, a lofting wedge that are very highly lofted that lets you hit the ball off of, the, off of an uneven surface, and, and um, they usually are used as approach shots to get you to the green. And then when you're on, the, the putting surface is called the green, a very smooth type of grass. Then you use a putter, which is used just to tap the ball, and, and get it in the, the final shots that are in the hole. So one of the sayings we have is, if we just focus on those two clubs, the driver and the putter, is that we say we drive for show, but we putt for dough. Everybody likes to hit the ball a long ways. And you're up there and you go to the, when you practice, you even go to something called a driving range, typically. 
Now, they do have practice putting surfaces as well, but people don't usually spend a lot of time there. They spend most of their time on the driving range because it's fun to crush the ball, if you would say, or hit the ball a long ways. That's fun, but we spend a lot of time doing that. So, you know, there's, you can read some of the quotes here as I'm going through, but um, the interesting thing is, is that a 300-yard drive, you could hit the, if a really good golfer can hit the ball 300 yards, how many meters is that? That's... What would that be? 270 meters. That's a that's a lot of that's a long ways, right? Even in meters, right? So, so that's a long way. But that's exactly the same stroke as a so two inches. What's that? Five centimeters. See, five centimeter putt. So, no matter every time you touch the ball, it counts a stroke. So you've got to you, we a lot of times the the money is made on making the putts, and we'll show you. Let me show you some statistics from the, the US PGA Tour. And this would be the, the scoring average. A normal round of golf is uh, par of 72. So you should hit the ball 72 times. That's the combination of the par threes, the par fours, and the par fives. Usually there's two par threes and two um, par fives per nine, and then the rest are par fours. So you double that for the 18. And you can see that the average score is 71.41, which is very close to the par of 72. So that's interesting. If we look at that, though, you recall that the here's, the... here's the driving distance that we have from people. You can see that these professionals on... This is their average drives. These are their average drives. are over 300 yards. Um, and the average on the tour is 285. These people are hitting the ball a long ways, a very long ways. And... and um, and then if we look at putts, though, we look at putts, and we see that the, the best putters are putting, the average is about 27 or 29.32, so just, over, just, just under 30. Remember that the average score is, is um, 72. Uh, that's the par. And that you're using your driver. How many times do, do we use a driver, then? We use it for the, the par fours. There's eight of those. And there's an additional four um, par, par fives that are out there. So and a total of 18. So at most, you're using your driver about 18 times. So there's 18 of these strokes are drivers, whereas almost 30 of them are putts. So what would we want to spend more of our time on if we're practicing? The pros, of course, you know, practice both. But most of us amateurs go out there and we, we hit a lot more drives a lot more bucket of balls than we do putts and we'd be better off focusing on our putts we actually shoot more putts per round than we do than we do drives the other interesting fact is if you look at the scoring leaders you don't see any of the top drivers on the scoring leader you do see that the top putter is also the top scorer so there's a correlation there as well so that's that's interesting but that's so so over 40% of your strokes, on, at least on the PGA Tour of these professionals, are putts, whereas less than 20% are drives. So I think we can learn something from that as well, too, that if we, if we um, drive for show and putt for dough, what does that mean to us then? So if we try to apply that to systems engineering, now I don't know, um, Gavin, what's your favorite systems engineering topic? What do you, if you... You like, are you a requirements person or are you a, 
a risk person, a design per requirements person. A lot of people are requirements people. Some people are architecture people where they love their architectural views. Some people are risk people where everything is a risk and all that system engineering is is to reduce risk. Whatever that is, those are all important, but in some ways I say those, that's, the, that's the system engineering that we love to do. That's the fun part, isn't it? We love requirements, at least you know, some system engineers do. We love it. We love architectures. I love architecture reviews. I personally, I love major design reviews like PDRs and CDRs. You know, that, those are great things. But in some ways, that's systems engineering for show. Not that it's not important, but those are the things we like to do. I use the peacock for that. We like to show off like a peacock, right? But there's just as many, if not more, system activities that are not as fun, not as glamorous, that still need to get done, and in many ways, determine whether we actually meet our, our contract deliverables. Things like First, are we even solving the right problem? How many people have, have, a, have a great set of requirements for the wrong problem? How many people have a great design? So, got a whole joke on that one we could do. But um, planning and replanning, the inevitable, the planning that needs to be done to make sure that you're doing the right things in the right time frame, in the right sequence, and the inevitable replanning. Instead of saying, oh no, we have to replan, we are... It's happened so many times it shouldn't be a surprise to us that we have to do replanning on a project. So we need, to, we need to know about that. Do we have the right team and the right resources in place? Do we have the right skill set in place with our, with, our, with our whole team? The illities, we call those the engineering specialties or the specialty engineering, the illities, we say that because it ends in ILTY. They're the reliability, maintainability, usability, or human factors. Sometimes they don't end in ILTY like system safety, but disposability sustainability, all of those things, manufacturability. Are we making sure that all of the right illity analyses are being done throughout the development of our project? Integration and test, are we doing the right planning up front to make sure that we have the right integration and test facilities in place and that we have the right um, procedures that are being developed? That are, when we're having our favorite topic or requirements, are we making sure that the verification and validation um, requirements and, and um, test types and methods are being included. And of course we need to worry about the deliverables. Are we doing the deliverables? And these might not just be the system that we're developing, but also the, all of the associated documentation that goes along with the system. So are we doing all those? So I say those, I use the, the dough there, they're making cookies with some dough there. So, but that's the, are we doing the systems engineering for dough? So it's, and again, it's not like a, a drive is unimportant. If you can hit a 300-yard drive, you're setting yourself for success. But if you don't follow through and you can't putt, you're not going to be a, a, a good golfer. And if you can't follow through with the details of system engineering, you're not going to be a good systems engineer, is, is my contention. The next one is trees are 90% air. The problem here is, so I don't know if you've, if you've ever heard that when we're golfing, the problem is you're standing right here. This is what you're looking at. The problem is the flagstick is immediately behind this tree that, that you're trying to shoot for. That's where the hole is. You've, you didn't hit it. You hit a nice drive, but it went a little crooked perhaps. And there's a tree in the way for you. So you've got, you've got to make a decision. It's a, this is a good quote. If I'd cleared the trees, drove the green, it would have been a great shot. Right? So, but you've got a decision to make there. Do you try to go over the tree? Do you try to play it safe and go around the tree? Do you believe that trees are 90% air and you just blast away and you hope you hit the 90% air? Those are things that you have to decide. As systems engineers, we use something called decision analysis or trade-off studies that relates to this, that trees are 90% air. 
we've got to decide what we're going to do. It's my experience that systems engineers are the ones upon whom the difficult decisions usually fall in a project. Um, we're trying to make trade-offs. We have a lot of discipline engineers. We have a lot of engineering specialties that all come at the solution from their own perspective. And that's what we pay them to do. They should be doing that. You should have the best structural engineer designing the structures for your system, for instance. But if we, many of you have probably seen that popular comic where if you build an airplane from different perspectives, what it looks like. If you let a structural engineer design an airplane, it's an I-beam flying through you know, with, with a motor strapped on it, and it won't work. So if we take anything to the extreme, it's not going to work. You have to look at the system engineer has to look at the trade-offs that are involved, both from the stakeholders and the cost, the schedule, all the things that need to be balanced to make a balanced solution for your customers instead of over-optimized in any one area. And we use trade-off analysis to do this. We use trade studies and decision methodologies to do this. My rule of thumb is that if everybody on your team isn't at least a little bit annoyed at you, you probably haven't done your job because they got their way because they're going to come at it from, from their perspective. At least Now, you've got to work with your team and understand it, of course, but just as a rule, if everybody's happy, you probably didn't do your job as a system engineer. You didn't push back hard enough on them. So, But that's how we can um, deal with trees or 90% error. The next one is there's a saying in golf that says sometimes it's better to lay up. What we mean by this is this is a typical golf hole. This would be what we call a dog leg right, so you know it, it bends to the right. This would be the tee box. This is where you'd hit your drive. Let's say this is a par four. The idea would be that you would hit off from the tee box. You would try to hit the ball, you know, maybe say uh, out to here, and then you'd have a nice easy shot to the green, and then two putt and get your par. It's it, that golf is that simple, right? The problem is many of us really try to drive for show, right? And we hit the ball, and oops, it curves out into the rough over here. And then you've got a decision to make. Do you go for it, as they would say, try to hit out of the rough, try to clear the water, get to the green, or do you lay up and play the safe shot, which is hit from here, try to get to land here, and then give yourself a shot um, that's easier f the next time you swing. And again, this is pretty good here, a quote, I think, from Tommy Amore, you know, play the shot you've got the greatest chance of playing well, and play the shot that makes the next shot easy. It's not solely the, the capacity to make great shots that makes champions, but the essential quality of making very few bad shots. So we've got to decide here. There's a, there's a risk and reward trade-off that goes on here. If you go for it and don't make it, that's a terrible risk. And you've, you've got, not only do you have a, you're shooting from here anyhow, but you've got another penalty shot for hitting it into the water. Of course, if you make it, and you're confident about that, then you can go for it, and you'll, you'll, have, a better, you'll have a better opportunity, if you will, for, for, for doing that, a better benefit that goes along with that. So I think um, the best analogy that I could come up with system engineering for this is that there are risks, and we need to use a technique called risk management to manage those risks. As system engineers, we do that. Um, it's my contention that unless you have all four of these things, you have risk on your project. If you have very low technical goals, an infinite schedule, unlimited budget, and nobody that wants you to fail either internally or externally, then you have no risks. Okay? You also have a very useful, or I mean, a very useless project, too. I think it would be very boring and it wouldn't be fun. In the real world, we are given constraints. We know that we don't have, usually we're given very aggressive technical goals. We don't have all the time to do it. We've got limited budget. And we might even have internal and external people that want us to fail.
that could be, you know, there's a rival project within your same organization, or for sure your competitors want you to fail. So you have risks. So we have to manage them. As systems engineers, we have to recognize that we have risks, and we have to manage those risks. And we use the technique of risk management to go through a process of risk identification, risk classification, risk treatment, and then risk reporting and risk retirement that allows us to deal effectively with risks. And we have techniques to do that. The next one is we'll change from the driver to the putter. There's another saying that says a short putt never goes in. So it's also called never up, never in. So if you never hit it far enough, you are guaranteed the ball is not going to go into the hole. Okay, if you hit the ball short, so if you're, if you're uh, three meters away from the hole and you hit it only two and a half meters, you know it's never going to go in. If you hit it three and a half, it might still go in because it could hit the cup and go in. My, my son is the expert of that, of hitting it too hard and having it pop straight up and go in. I don't know how he can do that. <laughs> of course, you want to hit it to get it close as well, too. But you know that if you hit it short, it's never going to go in. I like the quote there. You could, hit it off a, you could hit the ball off a tabletop and it stop halfway down the leg. That's how short he's hitting it. So what I think this means to systems engineers, at least it's my philosophy, is that you have to give yourself a chance with systems engineering. You have to understand what needs to be done, and you have to do the amount of work that's needed to get there. You can't take shortcuts with systems engineering. You have to understand what needs to be done and do it. Um, this doesn't mean that you're going to waste resources and do things that don't need to be done fundamentally, but it means that for the things that are important, you're going to take the time to make sure that the work gets done, that through you and your team, that you're giving yourselves a chance. There's a quote that I like that my daughter found that, you know, when in doubt, do more than necessary. When confident, do much more. I think that system engineers are well served by that again, not to be wasteful. You can't do gold plating and can't do unnecessary work and be unethical like that, but you do have to make sure that the work gets done and work to make sure that your stakeholders are satisfied. Another important thing in golf is a lot of golfers carry a lot of baggage with them from hole to hole. They go through, they go from one hole to the other, and they get frustrated. They have a bad hole. Um, I have a, my wife has a cousin that is the, you know, the, yeah, the epitome of this, this principle. He's a really good golfer, but he can get so frustrated that he lets, he lets the past mistakes just totally hamper his game. And you don't have to do that. Um, tried to tell my son this, that every hole is a new hole. You've, you know, life like golf can be humbling. However, little good comes from brooding about mistakes we've made. The next shot in golf or in life is the big one. So you need to be able to put things behind you as a system engineer. In some ways, you have to have a short memory. Not to forget fundamental lessons learned, but to make sure that you can move on. If you have a mistake, you've got to move on. And we're given a lot of opportunities to move on within systems engineering. And again, we don't want to repeat mistakes, but we want to say, you know, from project to project, if you have a bad project, you get assigned to another project. Don't come with a total negative energy that says, oh, we failed the last project, we're going to fail this one. Then if, if that's your attitude, you shouldn't be the lead systems engineer on this. Even within a project, you've got stage to stage, let's say going from concept to development to production into operations and support, ultimately um, retirement or disposal. We need to look at each of those opportunities. If you have a bad concept phase, well, take those lessons learned, but have an excellent development stage that's going to come up next. And then even within milestones, if you have a bad SRR, well, regroup your team, understand what fundamentally went wrong, and get yourself ready to have an excellent preliminary design review. So, and then you've got month to month and day to day. So I think this is a philosophy that as system engineers, we need to, 
we need to embrace that every hole is a new hole and we don't bring the baggage with us except for the lessons learned that let us, that let us go forward and not repeat the mistakes. So some examples of life cycle stages. This is out of ISO 15288 or the Encozy System Engineering Handbook. We will go through concept development, production, utilization, support, retirement. Those are typical stages that we go through. Another thing that we leverage then, of course, again, this comes back to those illities. Some of these reinforce each other, some of these things, where we take what we anticipate is going to happen. We take lessons learned from previous, but previous programs, but we also take into account, is this design producible? Is it going to work? This would be a lot of the human factors and the, and the, the support, like the logistics and the reliability, maintainability. Ultimately, are we going to be able to, to retire or dispose of this? Are we doing things, almost all of the, the life cycle cost of a, of a particular effort is locked in in the development stage. So we spend most of it downstream, but we make the decisions that influence a significant part of the life cycle cost in the development stage. So we need to be taking these things into account early so that we make sure that we've got the best design possible. And that comes down to those systems engineering specialties again. Another one, you won't find these, I have to qualify this because I've got, I got chastised in another presentation that there is no such thing as a mulligan or a gimme in the official rules of golf. Okay, so I'm just going to get that, that qualifier out on the table. But let me explain what those are. So in casual golf, when you're playing golf for fun, many times you have things that are called mulligans. A mulligan is essentially a do-over. Um, Usually the, the, in, um, in a casual game of golf, you get one mulligan off of the tee box per nine, and you can pick which one. So if you have a bad tee shot, you can say, I'm going to use my mulligan, and I'm going to hit it over again. All right. So there's a similar thing when you're putting. If you putt it and you leave it short, like this gentleman here, and it's close enough, it, sometimes this is called a conceded putt, where you, the, your other players concede the putt to you. They don't make you putt the last one. You've had a bad hole. This is your, this is your seventh shot, and this will be your eighth shot. They say, okay, that's enough. You know? Sometimes you do it to speed up play, too. You, you, you get these gimmies to speed up play if people are a little slow on golf. So, but again, you won't find these in the rules of golf, but in casual golf, we use these informal types of rules. Um, I used to always tell my son, he, did, he really... He, he's embraced the concept of mulligans, okay, but he really has not embraced the concept of gimmies. He always wants to putt out. He wants to putt out till the end, and I tell him, if it's a, if it's a gimme, if it's a conceited putt, only worse things can happen to you. Nothing better can happen to you. You're already given the shot. It, you don't, it, they don't give you the long one, but they give you that extra one that you don't have to putt. The only thing that can happen is you either make it, and it's the same as the gimme, or you miss it, and then it's two, it's two strokes at least instead of just the one. So uh, he doesn't embrace that, though. So maybe he's more of a by-the-rules golfer in, in that regard. So what can we do for this for systems engineering? With the, the, the Basically, is the rule in golf is if somebody gives you a mulligan or a gimme, you might as well take it because nothing, nothing better can happen, only worse things can happen. I think that there's some applications with this too. Sometimes we get our, our mulligans, in a way, are kind of like lessons learned. If we can take advantage of mistakes that previous projects, previous organizations, other system engineers have made, it's almost like a freebie for us. Why would you not want to take advantage of lessons learned that have been given to you? If you don't, when you're planning your project up front, tailoring your project, 
you should be looking to your lessons learned database within your organization and you should be trying to leverage those for your project. They're, they're gimmies to you. They're, or they're mulligans as well. They're both actually. So, and a lot of times we use, if you're familiar with the, it, either the, the Recton book or the Recton Meyer book on systems architecting. They've got two classic books on systems architecting. They talk a lot about insight and heuristics as well from an architecting perspective. These are the rules of thumb or the, the, um, the, the architecting principles that have been established that you should take advantage of again. These are, these are almost like mulligans or gimmies as well. You should take advantage of those principles, those heuristics that have been defined for the discipline, So, especially if your organization has some. Um, in a way, reserve and margin again, but not in a wasteful way, because a lot of times we don't have the luxury of being able to hit the ball again in systems engineering. We have to do it right the first time. But we do establish reserve, and in particular margins I think are more relevant, technical margins where we design in some safety margin or some other type of margin that's built into the product, not only to protect the user, but also to allow us to have some flexibility if the allocations don't come out right. In the, well, um, the designs don't come out right per your allocations is probably how I should say that. So we do have some flexibility there, and we, and we use technical margins to help us with that. That can some ways be a gimme as well. Um, the next saying that we have is, and again, you won't find scrambles in the official rules of golf, so just my full disclosure here. But we have, um, what we have is a game of golf called scrambles. Usually these are bigger group events. Um, for instance, when I get back to the States on Saturday, I'm going to be playing in this same scramble here. I'm going to be playing in probably the 15th annual Crusader Classic. This is the, the high school that I went to and the high school that all three of my kids went. This is obviously, that's me. My brother, that's my son when he was younger because we just sent him off to college and one of my brother's friends. But we golf, and you golf as a team in a scramble. So what you do is everybody hits off the tee box. All four people hit off. And then the team decides which is the best shot. And you all go then and hit from that spot. And then you hit the second shot from there. And then you decide as a team what was the best second shot. So as a team, you can play much better and you can have a much better score. Um, I probably should have done even another full disclosure. I'm not an excellent golfer, but I enjoy the game. I don't have enough time to be really good. But both my brother and I, if, if we're good, we can break 100 on a, or on a golf. You know? So that's, you know, that's about how good we are. This, my brother's friend is actually pretty good. He can shoot probably about a 90. And my son shoots maybe 105 to 110 when he was this age. So on average, we shot about 100. Remember, par is about 70, so that's not, that's not that good. But if we all shot around a golf, typically, and we averaged our four scores together, we'd get about 100. When we shot in the, in this as a team and we took the best ball, does anybody want to take a guess as to what our, our team score was when we used the best shot and we all got to hit from that and we leveraged the strength of our team? What do you think? From We were 100, par is about 72. What do you think as a, as a team of four we shot? What's that? 85? That's a good guess. Any others? Like to guess? We actually shot three under par. We shot 69 as a team by leveraging the strength of the team. So I think we can learn something from system engineering for that, that scramble teams can do better than, even if there's a really, a really good golfer is a scratch golfer for an amateur. That means they can shoot right at par almost all the time. Most people have, most even good golfers that are amateurs, you know, have a, a zero to 
maybe a 10 handicap. So that's a really good golfer if they can if they can do that. Golf is a is a is a hard game to consistently play well. But even if you had a good golfer playing by themselves, four really not so good golfers like the four of us could consistently beat them because of the strength of the team. Well, it's my contention that systems engineering is a team sport. It's a team activity as well. There aren't that many projects out there right now where you can have the lone wolf systems engineer that knows everything, does everything, and directs the whole team. You're usually leveraging a, a large team to do this. And the team all has different strengths and weaknesses. One of the jobs that you have to do as a lead systems engineer on a team is to make sure you have that right team in place. A team that can leverage each other's strengths and weaknesses. You need to get that team together so that they can play together um, on, on the game of systems engineering, if you will. And I think the other thing is that all your competitors are using teams. So again, if you're trying to play individually while everybody else is using a team, you're going to find yourself severely um, outplayed, I think, in systems engineering as well. The next one, the next saying we say is, it matters what you do before you play the round of golf. It's an interesting thing here, you know, that you can read the long quote from Wiffy Cox if, you're, if you'd like. But the key thing is here that you're out there doing practicing. You're practicing, you're going getting lessons, you're hitting practice bucket of balls. But as we learned earlier, you should be practicing putting too, right? As much. You should probably be practicing twice as many putts as you hit drives if you do that. Then you'll be better off. But we do all these things in advance to get ready so that when we play, you always say that when you're playing around a golf, that's not the time to correct your swing. You want to correct your swing when you're getting your lessons or on the practice range. You don't want to do it when you're playing a round of golf. But it also matters to system engineers what you do before you get on a project. As from an organizational perspective, that's why we have things like training. That's why we have organizational standard processes to help us get ready in advance for the project. And then, of course, you tailor it as, as is necessary. But even individuals, that's why we have our education. We can go learn about systems engineering. We can also um, <coughs> capture our knowledge, our experience. We should do continuing professional development in systems engineering. That's why you're coming to this meeting, and, and hopefully this will give you some continuing professional development as a systems engineer. But that's why we do these things. That's why we had that excellence conference last week up in Pretoria, was to share these things and to learn tutorials, papers, panel sessions to help do that. So if we look at one aspect of this is a standard process. Um, for those of you that are, that are like a CMMI level 3 organization or a ISO 15504 level three organization. This is what this means, is to have an organizational set of standard processes that you use that then you tailor for the unique aspects of each program that you're working on. Now, what we want, why, would, why do we want a standard process? Well, it allows us, just like it says here, to capture our organizational knowledge. If you don't have a baseline, you don't have anything to improve from, so you, you're just, you're just um, winging it, if you, if you will, for, for making improvements. It helps you avoid mistakes, it also allows you to leverage industry best practices like ISO 15288, like um, IEEE 1220 or, or, or other standards, like the NCOSI S System Engineering Handbook, some ad hoc standards like this. However, I'm a firm believer that there is no one-size-fits-all systems engineering process for every organization in every situation on every project. So you have to have some ability to tailor the project for each, or tailor the process for each project that's under consideration. Now, I will clarify what I mean by tailoring. What I mean by tailoring is either 
adding or subtracting from your standard process the things that are either required or not required in the context of a given project. So it's eliminating things that aren't necessary, for instance. Um, it's not just not doing something because you don't feel like it. That's just being lazy. That's not tailoring. So that's not what we mean by there. But take a, what's an example of where you might want to add something as well? Might be, let's say you're, um, you're relatively new to a larger like system of systems type of a project. And you've got a good systems engineering process, but now you're dealing with system of systems. You might actually have to add something to your standard process because you're the lead project that's working in a system of systems environment. So that might be where it would be appropriate to add. It might be appropriate to subtract if you're in the situation where um, you're a, maybe a, a second-tier subcontractor and your, your customer is actually doing the validation instead of you. In that case, you wouldn't do validation. You would support your customers doing, doing val, um, performance of validation. So those are some examples of what a, an appropriate use of tailoring would be. Another thing is, this is, how, this is, um, this is my Sysnovation version of ISO 15288. This is ISO 15288 is a systems engineering standard. And it shows the, the key things are that we have the, the technical processes that go here in terms of stakeholder requirements definition, requirements analysis, architectural design. The way you read it is you go down the left, you go up the right. Implementation of the hardware, software, procedures from a human perspective, integration, verification, transition, validation, all the way through operations, maintenance, and disposal. Those are the technical processes. You've also got project and tailoring processes that allow you to do things like we talked about with planning and replanning, tailoring, trade-offs, risk management, configuration and information management, measurement. You've also got agreement processes between you, with you and your customer through the supply process, between you and your suppliers through the agreement or the acquisition process. And then there are also organizational processes that are, that are also there to make sure you've got the right lifecycle models in place, that you've got the right infrastructure, the right people in place, the right quality systems, and that you're actively managing your set of projects and project portfolio management. So this is a way, this is one way you can define your systems engineering process. If we look for a way to codify the education, the knowledge, the experience that goes on within an individual and a professional, Incozy has the Incozy professional certification with the, with the ASEP, the CSEP, and the ESEP. Um, if you want, we can talk about more about this as well, but I just want to briefly touch on that we've got multiple levels, we've got some extensions. This is a way for you to get recognition for your status as a systems engineering professional. And as, as was mentioned, this is going to be, there's going to be training provided in November to prepare for this as well. Um, the other aspect of certification is that there's an ongoing commitment and a requirement to renew the certification through ongoing continual professional development. So it's a way to, you know, for you personally to encourage yourself to do that. And from an organizational perspective, your system engineers will be able to do that as well. All right, another thing, uh, so the next saying we'll talk about is clubs are not the limiting factor of my game. What this means is a lot of people think, you know, this is a great example of this, this club here. It used to be that drivers were much, much smaller. Then people get them bigger and bigger and bigger. Pretty soon they're going to be so big they won't fit in your bag anymore. You've got to have big tees to even tee up the ball high enough to hit this. So people think that they get a bigger club, a nice new metal club, a graphite shaft, the latest, greatest thing, you know, my wife might say, I, uh, sometimes I latch on to the latest, greatest things too, but we won't go down that path tonight. But 
the problem is, like that quote says, that the new clubs don't know any more about the game than the old clubs do. If you don't know how to hit the club, it's not going to make any difference. There's this story at the, at, at the driving range, not the putting green, the driving range where this person was really frustrated. He had, he had his new club, and he's hitting it, and he's duffing it, you know, maybe a, you know, 100 meters instead of the 200 meters that he wants to hit it, right? So he's all frustrated, and he's about to you know, snap it on his leg, and the, the pro is sitting there in the back watching him. He goes, What's, what seems to be the problem? There's something wrong with this club, he goes, you know, so... So the pro looks at him, oh, it looks like a nice club. He lines it up, just hits it, swings it nice and easy like the pros do. You know, hits it perfectly straight, far down line. He goes, I don't think there's anything wrong with your club. So, so the problem usually isn't the clubs that, that are going to do it. So this is what we say. You know, we always say, if, oh, if, I get a, if I get a new bag of clubs, you know, then uh, I'll, be able, I'll be a better golfer. But really, this is what I always say, clubs aren't the limiting factor in my game. I could get a new set of clubs, I'm the same mediocre golfer. So how can we apply this to systems engineering? One is we want to make sure that we don't have an over-reliance on tools. And again, I'm not saying that tools aren't important. We've got a lot of good tools out there, a lot of good systems engineering tools that help us with requirements, that help us with design, that help us with trade studies. Those are all important things. But I think even all the tool vendors would say you can't just rely on the tool by itself. You, you've got to have an, a fundamental understanding of systems engineering to be able to apply the tool in a right way. The tools are there to help you. They're not there to replace what you're doing. So you need to have the fundamentals. We say this, a fool with a tool is still a fool. So again, use tools as appropriate, but have a good, my, my rule of thumb is you should have a process, a methodology, and then a tool set to enable that. So you need to have those first two things first. You don't want to start with a tool and then figure out what type of methodology you have and then ultimately have a process. You want to know what you're trying to do within your organization, how you want to do it, and then you want to have the right set of tools that enable your processes and methodologies. So um, it's my contention that if you want to be a systems engineering leader on a project, you need to have these four characteristics. I think you need to first have, have to have a disposition for systems thinking. You need to, this is how we usually recognize systems engineers. We look to see, do they have a disposition for systems thinking? Are they systems thinkers? Then they have to have a knowledge of the discipline of systems engineering. This is something that you can learn through, uh, you know, through training, through going to education. You can learn the discipline of system engineering like we're talking about. We can understand how to do um, requirements derivation, requirements formulation, architectural design. We can teach those things. But in addition to those two things, I think you need two things that you can only get through, you know, through some time on the job. And one is you need to be a, understand your domain. So, and then the other is you need to understand your organization that you're in. So, for instance, you saw on my, on my CV, right, I was, a, I was a senior level systems engineer at General Dynamics in what would be called military aviation, military avionics, so ruggedized embedded computers. But I don't claim, and I, and, and I think I was fairly good at that, I, I, you know, I, I think that I was, and I think others would agree. But even with that, I don't think I could come in, and let's say in the mining industry here within South Africa, in a different company, in a different domain, I could not step in and be an excellent senior level system engineer. There's too many differences there. There's different things that go on. Now, I could still be a contributor there, but we have, to, we have to grow into these positions. So when you're looking for your lead system engineers, I'd say you should look for all four of those characteristics. And it's really not going to, a new tool isn't going to help you there. It's, you know, the clubs aren't the limiting factor of your system engineering game there either. You've got to take the time to get your people to be the, 
in the, in the right position at the right time. The other thing we say, these are two things that we say that are, that we say we like to replace our divots and we like to reseed the tee box. They're both related to the same thing. If we take the irons, for instance, um, you're out on the fairway and you want to hit the ball. Many times we intentionally take a divot, which is, I won't do it in the carpet here, but you'd actually take a, a, you know, a slice of grass with it. You take a chunk of grass, you try to get underneath the ball, that lets you get spin on it so you can get it to stick on the green. And, it, and the golf courses don't mind. That's why, you, that's why they call them green fees, right? So you can take a little green with you, right? So, but you can take the grass with you, and, um, but it's unacceptable to not then walk the three meters in front of you, pick up the divot, put it back in, push it back in, and fix the course. It's unacceptable for you to leave the hole there. It's okay for you to make the hole, but they want you to put it back. Then when the sprinklers come on, that, that grass can, can regrip and won't die. Same thing on the tee box. When you're hitting off with the tee, the driver, you, you can leave a little, sometimes you leave a little divot on the, on the tee box. Normally what they have is they have a mix of sand and seeds on the fancier courses. You put that down, the grass, the, they usually move the, 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 the tee marker so you're not hitting in the same spot every day. Then the grass comes in and that grass will regrow in the tee box. And, you're, and that way you're, you're um, taking care of the course as well as using it. What can we learn about that? Or how can we apply that to systems engineering? I think there's an obligation for systems engineers to give back to the discipline as well. I think you want to look to see, is there a way that you can be a mentor for some junior systems engineer? If you're a senior system engineer, can you step up and you, can you be that mentor for that junior system engineer so that they can become an excellent systems engineer in the future? Is there a way that you can volunteer? We've got a lot of the chapter leadership here, I know, so I'm, in some ways I might be preaching to the choir here. But... You know, as a systems engineering professional, you should be looking at ways that you can give back to the organization and volunteer. If you're not involved, I'd encourage you to get involved. There's, I'm sure that the chapter leadership here could find some ways to put your good skills to use for the chapter. Sometimes it's presenting, like this, like I'm doing here. If you have, a, if you have something that you can share with people, people are anxious to learn about positive and negative lessons learned that can be shared. Publishing and teaching, if you have an ability to teach, give back to the discipline and teach. So I think these are things that we can do to replace our divots and reseed the tea box. Another one, another saying that we have is it matters what you sign. This is a typical golf scorecard. You can see the, usually it's 36 on the front, 36 on the back for 72. But it matters what you sign. Golf is a game of integrity and ethics. And there's consequences for not signing the scorecard right. There's even a case in the Masters where somebody wrote down for a par three, they actually got three, but they mistakenly wrote down four, and they were disqualified. They would have won the tournament, and it was a mistake that was Even with the four, they would have won, but because it was wrong, the rules of golf say that you're disqualified. It's, it's harsh in that way, but it's, it's, it's a game of honesty, and it's, it's this cool. Golf is based on honesty. Where else would you admit to a seven on a par three? You know, it's... There's an integrity factor here that, that I think echoes our discipline of systems engineering. I think as individuals, we need to have that integrity. We need, it matters what we sign. There's a systems engineering code of ethics on the Encozy website. I'd encourage all of you, if you're Encozy members, you, you, know, you should have signed up to do that. If you're Encozy systems engineering professionals, you've also acknowledged that you're going to abide by this code of ethics. But that can drive your behavior. As systems engineers, Many times we're the representative of the, the um, stakeholders that aren't spoken for. Society, 
for the environment. We need to make sure that we take those stakeholders into account as we're designing our system. And of course, balancing that with our organizational needs as well. This also comes down from a system perspective. It matters what you sign when a system is shipped as well, too. And we leverage the discipline of configuration management to do this. It matters what's signed. We need to know if something fail, fails in the field, we need to know the configuration that was shipped with that particular serial number and that, uh, and that, that instance of the operating system that went, went on it or the, the application software. We need to know those things. We can't deal with it if we don't. And then, of course, we also leverage information management for the deliverables. So, to wrap up, these are the, these are the golf phrases. I'm not going to reread them again, of course, but just to remind us what we covered from everything from keeping your head down to it matters what you've signed. We've talked about that, and we've talked about how the discipline of systems engineering can be enhanced by us taking these golfing lessons learned and applying them to systems engineering. So, with that... I just got one more slide then, I think, which is, I thought it was a good quote in case you, I've got a picture off the web here, but it says, I'm, I'm gambling that when we get into the next life, St. Peter will look at us and ask golfer, and when we nod, he'll step aside and say, go right in, you've suffered enough because of our golf. But one warning, if you go in and the first thing you see is a par three surrounded by water, it ain't heaven. So that's... So this is number 17. This is in the United States at, um, at TPC Sawgrass. This is where a lot of times they do championship. But this is a 137-yard par 3. This is the green, and there's the flag stick there. This is where you, this is where you tee off from. It's 137 yards to there. So that's what he's saying. If you see a, if you see a par 3 surrounded by water, it ain't heaven. You're in the wrong place. So. But with that, I hope we all get there where, where that's not what we see in our, in our golfing up in heaven. So... With that, um, I'll say thank you for the opportunity to talk to you and um, any comments or questions. So thank you very much. Any comments or questions? Were there... I uh, particularly enjoyed your comment about the fool with the two. I would say a fool with sometimes more dangerous than a fool without the two. It can be. Sometimes the tools can give you um, more, um, more ability to do damage, can't they? That's correct. That's a good comment. Well, it, it, it comes down to the lessons learned and it comes down to the heuristics. If you... If you look for that, especially within your organization, again, I'm, I've got a, another paper that talks about how to go from lessons learned to lessons remembered. That's a, even a more important thing is not to keep relearning the same lessons over and over again. But um, if you can tap into your, if you are disciplined when you go through major milestones and project closeouts, that you've got a good way to categorize lessons learned with metadata that allows you to sort effectively so you can find in the same type of situation you've ran into these types of problems, that's a, that's a way to leverage mistakes that other people have made. And the same with insight and, and heuristics. Those are rules of thumb that can be established both for an organization and within, your, within the whole domain, like with the Recton and Meyer book, that you can, you can take those lessons learned and you can learn from others, that, that insight from others. So that's, that's the best way we've found right now. But sometimes you, we're all a little stubborn and sometimes we have to learn on our own too. So that we, we, we are going to learn from our own mistakes as well. But that's that's a good point. Yeah, especially organizations at conferences, we find that we'd we'd all love to learn about some of the challenges, right? But and sometimes they're even not willing to share their successes because then they think that they're um, they've got something unique there, uh, you know, a secret as well too. So yes, it's it's good when organizations can can share both the the successes and the failures. And sometimes the way we do that is through universities too. For those of you that are in university environments, maybe if you're working on some type of thesis, you can do some type of, we'll say, blind disclosure, where the, 
if the organizations can share it in confidence that it won't come back to them, and there's multiple organizations that can share these things, then we can find out maybe some of the general trends. But usually that has to be in more of a trusted relationship. It, it is less forthcoming. So, so, But we do the best we can with that. So, Good. Any other golfing phrases that you wished I would have included that you were expecting on here that I didn't include? So for those of you that are golfers. So, so. Probably the most famous one is play it where it lies, so you could do that one too. Yes? A practice than a process. Well, I think it's a systems engineering is, is both, um, I'll say, a profession and a process. Is that what you mean by practice versus process? I think there are, there are systems engineering practitioners that are, that, that's, the, that's the person, but then there is systems engineering, the discipline, which does, I think, have various processes that are part of it, and there can be different instances of that as well. Is, does that, is that what you meant by your question or something else? Oh, is it more of an art versus a science type of thing? I think, again, it has, it has both aspects. It, that is one of the unique things about systems engineering. And one of our challenges, even from Nkosi, right, is the lack of a formal underlying science that we have. We're growing that body of knowledge, but it isn't as, the, you know, we, if, it was, if it was easy to do and there was the one right way to do it, everybody would be doing it. But we're not. Every organization does it a little different. So there is some of this art of, of systems engineering as well. And in, you, you read the, I mentioned that Recton and Meyer book, you know, that is called the art of systems architecting. It's not called the science of system architecting. It's called the art. Now, that might be too extreme for some because I do believe that we do have some underlying principles that we can use as well. And that the models that we use can help reinforce some of the discipline and some of the, and we can do analysis. There's a, for instance, with the Illides, there's a Blanchard and Fabricki textbook that goes into a chapter on each of the Illides, basically. You know, there's a chapter on reliability. There's, there's a lot of hard science that goes on with that. Um, human factors. There are, there are ergonomic tables that you can go to that will, that will address those types of things. So it depends on which aspect. It's very broad. I think there is some art, and there's a lot of soft skills that go along, too. There's a lot of for it to be effective, there's a lot of negotiation that goes on. There's a lot of trade-offs and working with the different stakeholders, especially when you're trying to get people to make trades that are for the betterment of the whole at their individual expense. There's a lot of soft skills that need to go on along with, with, the, with the science as well. But you're better if you can explain it to them in terms of engineers, in terms of technical reasons as to why this is the right thing to do for the system. But... I think it's a mix of both, is my opinion, and um, and I and I think, but we're getting more and more science as a basis for it as we move on. Just listening to that and thinking about golf, and I find that there is some hard science to it, but the real art of it in systems engineering, as in golf, is in those shots you did not have to take. That's true. That that's a very good point. Yeah, we all we often say that system engineering, when done well, is completely transparent. Right? It's mm -hmm. you can. If, if, if the project goes smoothly, you know, the project manager will take credit for it, you know, the, the accounting department will take credit for it. But of course, if system engineering is done poorly, the shots that you have to take, then everybody's aware, you know, well, you didn't do the requirements right, you didn't, you know, you didn't actually talk to the stakeholders, your design is terrible, you know, you didn't do the right job of verification. So, so 
it seems like we're always able to fight fires, but we're not willing to invest the time to avoid the fires in the first place and many times as well too. So, so yes, you're right. The, the shots that aren't taken are sometimes just as important as the, the ones that are. It's a very good analogy. Anything else? Well, I really appreciate your, your time and your attention and the, and the great discussion afterwards too. So thank you very much.